Disclaimer. The content in these podcasts are not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have learned from these podcasts. This is Marcia Stonehill with Melt the Ice. Today I have with me Evan Eddy, and I would like to share, before we get started in our conversation, how I met Evan. Pretty interesting one. Yes. And I don't even know if Evan knows all the details of what happened before we met, but uh, it's interesting to share just because it shows the intricacies of how life happens and the importance of flowing with things sometimes because it's taking us somewhere we need to be. Mm -hmm. So it's as simple as I'm needing to order a product from a local store or actually I uh, wanted to go pick it up at the store they didn't have it in stock but it was available online so I ordered it online and then you know a few hours later I get this email that the order was canceled it was supposed to be picked up at the store oh wow right that's how I'd set it up and I thought I didn't cancel this how did this get canceled (laughs) you know what's going on and um, so I thought, all right, I'll reorder it. <laughs> yeah. So I reordered the product, and instead of having it shipped to the store, I decided to have it shipped to my house. Okay. And uh, then uh, it was getting delivered the very next day, and it was a rainy day, and I didn't want the product to be left right. in the rain. So I was trying to redirect where it was going to get delivered to so it get delivered to my place of business. And in that process, uh, Eddie is the person, or Evan, Evan Eddie, the person with two first names. (laughs) Evan is the person doing the delivering and uh, he gets my phone number to try to work with the rerouting mm-hmm. and anyway so that's how our worlds collide yes very interesting bottom line <laughs> <laughs> so out of the frustration of wondering why something got canceled and mm-hmm. i had to reroute it and all these other things i get to meet this very interesting individual who brings just loads of light and wisdom and i could just see that instantaneously you know when i met you thank you, thank you. and um and I, I could say the same. <laughs> we began to just share. We didn't share a whole lot in that no, initial but meeting. But it was it was enough, right? It, you know, sometimes less is more, right? And it was kind of one of those situations where it was like less is more. Yes. And but I did share that I was doing these podcasts mm-hmm. and asked if you would be willing to share, and you're here. Yeah. A few days of later. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, like you said, the the initial interaction and everything that kind of you know transpired from there, it brought me here today. Um, I'm just here to contribute and help out in any way I can. Just be able to tell my story, you know, answer any questions that you may have for me, and just kind of spread any kind of light or wisdom. So. And we appreciate that. Of course. So, do you mind to share? What do you want to share, Evan? And what do you want to share about yourself for our listeners so that they can kind of know where you're coming from? Um. <laughs> <laughs> These questions. Oh, man. They're always difficult to answer. Um, as far as me, I'm a product of. Caribbean parents. So, uh, my mom, she's from the U.S. Virgin Islands. Like my mom's side is mainly from there. My dad's side is from Angola. I was actually born in the U.S. in Florida, but I was pretty much raised in the Virgin Islands, St. Thomas, to be specific. Okay. Um, and just 
you know, to mention that and bring that up, everything that comes with, you know, Caribbean parents being products of that, just the hard work and then, you know, leaving from an island to come to like a mainland to America and make your way here mm-hmm. with knowing little to everything that's going on here. So um, just seeing that fight and plight of you know, my mom and how she, you know, just got to where she got to, it kind of instilled certain things into me. And then even just the upbringing that I have with staying with my aunt in the islands, that kind of left certain ironclad morals and rules in me. So having those different, I guess, perspectives and upbringings, and then even being able to travel, I have a broader perspective on life. So, I guess for me, I just want to be able to help the world see the way I see it. I want them to see the world the way I see it. Um, Not necessarily like me because we're all individuals, but just like the the good in it and the the goal, the mission. So, I have this alias. It's, it's called it's Jaw Trick. Some people know me as Jaw uh, ja Trick, or they say Trick for short. But it's also a mission statement, and it stands for joining our heritage together righteously in God's will. And I feel like that's my mission here to do, whatever way that looks like. And I feel like that's why I've been bestowed with plenty of gifts uh, through art, whether that's visual art or you know auditorial art whether it's like music instruments I feel like those are my different languages to be able to communicate to different audiences or different crowds so then I can bring them into my world and how I see things and then we can bring people together so whether it's doing visual things or audio things to I guess speak to certain people because not everyone you can't speak to everyone the same I can't speak politics to a creative or you know I can't speak religion to a scientist and so on and so forth it's a different type of language so someone who has an understanding and have different perspectives of the world is a better fit person for that type of job and that's through philanthropy work and I think that's kind of what my purpose and mission is here Beautiful. I'm just sitting here smiling (laughs) with so much. It's just really encouraging to hear what you have to share. Do you mind to share with our listeners how old you are? (laughs) Um, I'm 29. I'm 29. (laughs) I just made 29 on the 12th of September. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I'm a 91 baby. So, yeah, 29 years old. Perfect. And I think that's what... That's what's so important. We want the younger generation to step up and maybe not, maybe step up's not the right word, but just to do the work you're here to do, you know, to do your thing, make it happen. I think, I think step up is the right word. Okay. I'll take responsibility for that. And why I say that, because I'm a firm believer in my generation, my age group, where, where the middle Peace. We're the middle link. So we bridge the gap between the young and the old. And it's important for us to know that role. But it's a very strenuous role. So some of us aren't willing and ready to take on that role. And what I mean by that is, it's our job to teach the older generation how to maneuver in this new world with the technology and everything because we're not so far removed from it right because we grew up with it but we didn't grow up in like middle school with it we may have already been in high school we're not like the younger generation like generation z i think they're 96 and after right so we're right in that middle where i like to call us the middle child okay (laughs) and for the younger generation We've seen a little bit of the past generation. So we have the examples of maybe the 
I guess the lack of teaching because our parents were trying to figure it out as they were, you know, growing up and going. So now we're able to see that. So things like um, financial literacy or just even knowing how to maneuver in life outside of, you know, uh, graduating from school mm -hmm. and, you know, things about like credit and finance and buying houses, things of that nature. I feel like it's our job to teach that to the younger generation. Mm -hmm. So that's where the middle child bridges the gap between the two. So it is a responsibility for them to have. We don't want to make the same mistakes as the you know generation before. So each generation has a different thing. Like there's the prophets, the nomads, the heroes. Um, you can Google this too, by the way, um, for those who are listening and if uh -huh. you want to uh -huh. Google it. But each generation has a different uh, title. And this is the generation of the heroes, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah. So the prophets, you know, they, they tell the nomads are like the uh, World War II generation and so forth but don't quote me on this you can you can google it and it will break it down to you but i don't remember off the top of my head but okay yeah, yeah this yeah. is new information for me so i'll have to look at it yeah. as well but tell us a little bit about um you have identified to me that you're an empath mm -hmm. and that's not something that's talked about a lot mm. and it's talked about more broadly more and more as we move forward generationally, right. but it's not something that's broadly understood. Can you speak about that a little bit? Um, yes, definitely. Uh, it's not broadly understood because society has this negative connotation on emotions, mm -hmm. I believe. So showing emotions is, you know, quote unquote synonymous to you know weakness mm -hmm. but I'm a firm believer in the opposite okay. someone who is strong enough to be able to be vulnerable in front of people in the world and show emotions has some level of strength that you can't fathom and that's why you just classify it as weak but it's it's I don't know it's beyond their understanding to really fully grasp that because they're not in tune with their emotions or you have some that just purely aren't in tune with their emotions so they can't understand it so they, they you know leave the negative connotation but being able to show your emotions and feel what others feel and being understanding that requires tremendous strength because yes. you have to be able to hold their emotions as well as yours okay so the capacity there in your heart is a lot bigger than most so i i never really understood why people say it's weak to show emotions but um i don't know emotions you know brings people together it, it ties people together it helps people become more comfortable mm. um it does a lot of powerful positive things um, it can be some negative as well too, but for the most part, it does a lot of powerful, positive things. So to say that's weak is kind of confusing to me, but okay. um, everyone has their own opinion. I can't, when it comes to emotions and feelings, that's something that I don't put logic to. I don't put right or wrong because you can't tell someone how to feel or how to navigate their emotions. Right. There's no right or wrong way within that. Um, you may have, I guess, uh, preferences on how you may want someone to maneuver, but preferences are preferences. That's not ironclad. That's not right or wrong. So, um, yeah, emotions and being an empath is a beautiful thing, mm -hmm. but it can have its down days. It can take a toll. And then you're often the one that feels for everyone, but when it's time for you to feel, hmm. <laughs> there's no one, you know, there to, to sit and listen. Yeah, mm -hmm, like you would. But right. that's what makes you strong. Right. That's what makes empaths strong. Right. Because they, they 
eventually learn how to deal with it. Would we like, you know, someone to be there? Of course, we're humans. We seek, you know, validation and acceptance, you know, some more than others, but it's always there at the core Mm -hmm. um, and that companionship. But can we deal with our own mess at times? Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes us strong and still carry yours for you. Right. Do you think that we're really supposed to carry it per se or just be aware of it and support the other person or persons? You know what I mean? It's it's situational. Okay. Um that's where you have to use discernment. Uh-huh. Um and it depends on your level of care for that person, mm-hmm. on how much you're willing to, you know, do. So depending on that some cases maybe okay i have to carry this for you for a while because i really care about you and i see that you're not quite there yet Mm -hmm. and i have faith in your potential that you can get there Mm -hmm. so i carry this for you for a while because we have that understanding and i feel like you know if i'm in a situation you will do what you can for me i can't expect your what you're doing for me to look like what i would do for you but if I see that you're trying and you're doing it the way that you do it, that's fine for me. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes we kind of get mixed up in that. We expect people to give back what we give, but not everyone's way of showing compassion is the same. Right. And you have to be understanding of that. Right. What is his compassion or her compassion look like? Okay. Now, when I see it displayed, I know that you're you're doing what you can and you're trying, so that's fine. Um, then there are cases where it's I can't carry this for you, mm-hmm. but I can understand what you're going through, lend you an ear or maybe some words, um, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. It but- is just that. <laughs> Can we go back and clarify one thing you were saying about expressing of emotion and things? One of the things that was going through my mind is, um, and I know this is not what you want to, what you meant, and so I just want to clarify it for our listeners. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between lashing out, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, attacking someone through your emotions versus expressing your emotion, being real about your emotion Mm -hmm. and, but also being able to feel and and experience what the other person is experiencing. Mm -hmm. Can you speak into that just for our listeners that might be in situations where maybe they themselves tend to be the ones to lash out, or maybe they are in situations where people are very emotional around them and are just simply lashing out um you have to know yourself know yourself and know what makes you tick know what situations or environments kind of makes you uneasy and try to avoid those um so you won't lash out but if you get into a place where you do lash out i mean there's really nothing you can do. There's no right or wrong. It, it already happened. But it's about how you deal with it afterwards. Okay. Um, just be honest, owning up to, you know, you're lashing out. We are humans. We make mistakes. Sure. Um, it happens. Um, but like I said, just being mindful of the repercussions after that and... It goes back to what I said off mic before we were talking about being a good human. You know that you you you, you made a mistake. You did what you did. Um, don't apologize. I want to say apologize because there's there's truth in anger and there's truth in jest. Okay. Um. And those things came from a place of truth and frustration. Okay. So it came out forcefully and it was out of frustration. But don't devalue the truth in it just because it was said in anger okay so um just own up to that but find a better way to express that truth without having it being in anger um and for those who just you know express themselves i would say that same thing find a, a way to express yourself without being so angry or having malicious intent in it so if you can find that balance, 
then you'll be fine. But if not, you know, take some time with yourself. Learn yourself. Because once you learn yourself, it makes those things easier to navigate. And that that is the journey, yeah. isn't it? Yes. <laughs> you know? it, it's, it's a journey to learn yourself. Sometimes you have to remove yourself from everything around you, all the distractions, and just spend time with yourself. Go out, do things, because you have to see how you interact when you do certain things by yourself than versus with people. Right. Right. And and continue to challenge ourselves as individuals to learn and grow and become more comfortable in situations that previously might have been unbearable or too triggering and Mm -hmm. too provoking and you know and develop ourselves to have and trust ourselves to have the ability to take uh, effective action I think is what I'm hearing you say so we're gonna take a pause we're back (laughs) all right Evan can you pick up where we left off here Uh, yes we were talking about the difference between um, just lashing out out of anger and the other one was just expressing yourself yeah so just continue that it's this is the journey we Mm -hmm. were saying that we are here to learn how to to be the spirit of who we are mm-hmm. and not allowing uh, this human machine <laughs> that's filled with emotion and intellect and ego to not allowing that aspect of ourselves to dictate the path, but letting the spirit of who we actually really are to be our guide. Right. Correct. Correct. Um, so has there been a situation or do you find yourself dealing with that if you don't mind me asking how do you mean as far as the difference between lashing out or just expressing yourself do you find that to be a a struggle for you or something that you're dealing with well I think for myself personally that's something that uh yeah I would say and you know throughout my life and my youth you know learning how to manage my emotions Mm -hmm versus lashing out at people you know and then I think you know the career I have as a mental health professional you know that's a lot of what people I think are learning to do or maybe the people that are you know that show up to to meet with me are not the ones that are learning to regulate their emotions but they're trying to figure out how to deal with all the people that are not regulating their emotions <laughs> you know what I mean yes. and that's very real you know that's very real because it can be very anxiety provoking and very disconcerting people can feel unsafe <clears throat> when people start emotionally lashing out you know sometimes emotions can be used to shut people down mm-hmm. you know they become uncomfortable with what's being talked about or the topic that's been laid out on the table and so they become silent or they become angry mm-hmm. and the per- the other person who might be um, you know more sensitive just may have a very difficult time knowing how to how to manage that mm-hmm. so i think that is something that's very prevalent in our society mm-hmm very prevalent you know people learning to not shut down in situations where uh, the person across from them has become very defensive or is lashing out but then there is that discernment of safety you know there may be times and places where you have to shut down for for your own personal and or emotional safety and um, but there's a balance in there you and I before we started recording we're talking about that balance you know I think that's one of the things that I wonder how how is anything going to change if we don't come together um, to address things and and not shut down and and 
we need, you know, there's a policy that there can't be retaliation if you complain about something on your job, right? right. But we know retaliation happens. Mm -hmm. It does happen. Yes. Inaction. Very reaction is inaction. Yeah. So, you know, how, how do we, how do people gain this confidence to keep using their voice and and not be afraid of losing their job or not be afraid of there being some sort of consequence when there are consequences at different times. You know, it, it, that is a complicated balance, it goes I think. back to the journey of knowing yourself. Okay. Knowing yourself, knowing your purpose here, and just sticking to that. It takes conviction and it takes not caring what other people think. And they sound easy to say, those two things, but they're, they're one of the most difficult things to acquire and keep within you. I want to elaborate on not caring what other people think. Okay. That's a big one that people mm -hmm. struggle with. Mm -hmm. That controls mm -hmm. a lot of people. It's this right here, your frontal lobe. So you're pointing to your mind there. <laughs> your, well, your frontal lobe to the exact... Um, that's your that controls your personality and everything. That's connected to your hypothalamus, and that right there. It's also the one of the main components of uh, addiction. When you have certain addictions, it's all here. Okay. So that is what's responsible for caring what people think about you. So how do you suggest, Evan, that people develop a real confidence in not allowing themselves to be controlled by what other people think, but truly move forward, like you said, inside their convictions, inside their purpose, inside what they know to be true, versus I've seen the opposite sometimes where people might be like, well, I don't care. You know, I right. don't care what he thinks, but that's... But they really do care. They really do yeah. care. That's mm -hmm. just uh, a defense mechanism. Exactly. Right. Um, we're, like us, we're humans. We, <laughs> we want acceptance. We seek validation. It's Sigmund Freud. Um, but... Everyone has a different level of that, of how much. So, you know, do things in moderation. Um, now, to answer your question, I don't have the answer because that's something that I'm still dealing with. I feel like I'm a lot better at it. Mm -hmm. Um as you see, I, you know, I told you to ask me anything. Like, mm -hmm. There's certain aspects where I'm good at, and then there's certain aspects where I'm not. So it's not like all the way across the board, but for the most part, I kind of just live unapologetically me. But here's what I'll say. Oftentimes we know the answer to our questions, but what is the part that is missing or that we fail to realize is the application. The application part is always the most difficult part. You have the answer, but when you're going through the application of trying to apply that to, to you or your life, you oftentimes may fail. So you feel like that's not the right answer. But then you go trying to seek for another answer and you don't realize that you're working against yourself. You just have to keep going at the application process, applying it, trying, because we fall, but we have to keep getting up. So applying that, um, that's what I would say to do, but I don't know if that's right, because like I said, I'm dealing with it as well, but as I observe that problem, logically how I see it is to, you know, just keep applying, keep exposing yourself to the things that you're afraid of people judging you about. Once you have that exposure, you get used to it. That's with anything in life. Like you said um, earlier, you, you like change. Mm -hmm. When you keep, if you kept, you know, doing the same thing over and over, you kind of get bored with it. Mm -hmm. But what that also means is you got used to it. Mm -hmm. So that's where anything else in life, you keep exposing yourself to it, you get used to it. And that's how you develop uh, 
I guess, a type of tough skin for it. Okay. So now you're able to be able to not care what people think. Okay. Because you've already been exposed to it. It's like, ah, oh, the same old laughter. Da, da, I've been here before. So then you're able to maneuver how you need to. That's what I believe. So you're saying then the way to... I think you're hitting on a really important point because part of what I think I've heard a lot of from a lot of people is that they expect themselves to not feel afraid and then they will do whatever they need to, to do, do. Mm-hmm. and sometimes but we have in that the first step is difficult right that's the challenge well and that is it I mean one of the things I will say to people is I don't know that fear goes away I think you have to just do it even though you're afraid and then like you said then the confidence comes Mm -hmm. because there's a weapon you did it yes it's how you use it so do you want to speak about that a little bit more fear being a weapon um (laughs) so in the islands when I was growing up we used to do there was this rule where you know we'll get up in the mornings on the weekends and you're either in the kitchen learning how to cook or you're in the yard doing yard work and cutting trees the grass whatever you may have you planting whatever that that was the thing um the islands the way the culture is is a it's a lot like it takes a village to raise a child mm-hmm. and it's a lot of home uh teachings like things to do you know at home or just maintaining a, a family and a household you learn those type of skills even in the schools they automatically have home economics mm-hmm. in the uh in your teaching uh classes like that's a requirement so doing work in the yard i was helping build a house we were building a house cement blocks painting the whole nine yards and I remember the guy that was there working with us he said something to me that always stuck with me he said use your head don't let your head use you and that mm-hmm. same concept applies to fear use fear don't get, uh, don't let fear use you so that's why I said fear is a weapon fear is something that you have to grasp and use it to your advantage. So if you're fearful of something, figure out why. And nine times out of 10, if you're fearful of something, it's something great beyond that. Mm -hmm. Because nothing good comes easy. So if you can overcome that fear, that's only gonna create another muscle within your body or within your mind, another dendrite in your mind to be able to elevate and grow you as a human. Okay. So don't be fearful of that. We look at it and it's just like, ah, and we start thinking about all the negatives. We don't think about the positives that can come from this if we overcome it. Right. And it's always that first initial step yes. that scares us the most. Yes. But once you take that first step, the second and third is easy. Yes. Your first breath is always, you know, so yeah that's how i feel about fear and what fear is and how you should navigate it's another emotion Mm -hmm. and emotions are meant for you to navigate that's why emotion is in emotion it's a forever moving thing and you have to just navigate and roll with it that's right. We can't get rid of them. We you have know, to navigate, navigate them and manage them. Absolutely. Trying to get rid of them is getting rid of your humanity. That's right. <laughs> so, That's right. Yeah. It's really interesting to me how much, too, it seems like sometimes our society sets up this unrealistic expectation that people are supposed to go through things like a robot, you know? Exactly. I don't know if you've seen no, that no, too. I completely that's what that's what I was saying. Yeah. What I was saying. You get rid of that, you lose your humanity. Yes. So no, um don't let society I guess take control of how humans should, you know, be. Right. You know how you should be innately. Listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. Spend time with yourself. Don't let society I guess 
put their 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 negative connotations or messages within you and let it take over. I mean, there's good and bad, but yeah, you know. Yes, I do know. You know, as a human, I call it uh, I call it the societal programming and conditioning. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that you know we're programmed and conditioned every day by everything that we experience. But what you're saying, and then you're basically saying the same thing in a different way. You know, just. Don't let society tell you who you are. Be who you are. Be who you're here to be. Society um, doesn't die with you. Use it for good mm-hmm. and only for good, right? Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah, yes. Agree. So I want to go back for a minute to you kind of rallying up and calling your generation forward. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you have anything more to say about that? How would you want to encourage your generation to, to be who they are and, and step up, like you were saying? What are, stepping, I'm, I'm hearing you say they need, it's a stepping into the power of who you are, mm-hmm. stepping into yourself, mm-hmm. be who you're here to be. Right. Don't be afraid of that power. <laughs> right. With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, use it positively. <laughs> exactly. Um, I honestly don't know. Okay. I'm still trying to figure that out because with this generation is very tricky, especially like with the technology and the instant gratification and things of that nature that we seek for. Um, this generation is very... It's a microwave generation. Mm-hmm. Um, very quick, convenient. Um, what's cool right now, and then you know, it eventually fades. But trying to get them to care, this generation doesn't care too much. They do, but they don't. You have your your good amounts. It's always going to be your fair share of both. But um, it's hard to care because. Love is spelled T-I-M-E. That's what I believe. Mm -hmm. And we don't have much of that anymore. Mm -hmm. We're not living in the moments. We're just, you know, going on through our days. And I think without those built moments and cherished memories, it's hard to, like, care. Everything is so fickle. So to stand on something and, and care about it, the, the integrity, it's not there. Mm. It's lack luck. Not to say that we aren't capable of it, mm-hmm. but there aren't much examples or practices of it to, I guess, instill that and maintain that in us. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's something that's a problem that can be addressed or looked at. Um, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out, honestly, that that question, because I feel that same way, too. And I want people to see what I see in them, see the light that I see in them and step into that power. But sometimes it can be a lot. We're caught up, like we said earlier, in our in our lives. I got to pay the bills. I got to, you know, get to work. I got to do this. I got to do that. So it's hard to think about the world when I got to think about mine and my family right so trying to find a way to get them to care about something bigger is difficult or even to recognize um the difference that they can make Mm -hmm. you know and even if we want to narrow it down from the world to your community you Mm -hmm. know just getting involved in your community I'm glad that you brought that up because that goes back to knowing yourself. And these it's hard for these kids to know themselves if they're being constantly influenced by what's on social media or in the world or media, period. I just watched this interesting um, movie on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. Okay. It's pretty interesting. It, it teaches us, um, it tells you about how social media was created and why you know, they like the science behind it, the psychology behind it. Right. Even to the like button, mm. things of that nature. And they just went into how it's affecting our society. Like 
you can look in your phone and your reality be totally different from my reality. Right. Because it's all algorithms and it's set up to what you like or what your um, interests are. Right. So that's a scary part because it's not just, you know, cool pictures that you're liking on social media. It, it also entails politics. Right. And different um, economics. <clears throat> so it's scary to see that, you know, we're all living in the same world. But we all have different realities due to the social media thing. Right. So how can you get people to <laughs> care or even be on the same thing when your fight may not look like their fight? Right. Because of what they're being conditioned to in their phones. Yeah. So yes. that's the difficult thing. And and that's where, you know, we need the face-to-face conversations. We need, exactly. like you said, to be able to navigate our emotions, mm-hmm. not not hide them or bury them, mm-hmm. but manage them properly and have conversations, express, express our experience, our views, our perceptions, listen to the other persons and be willing to shift and change and reprogram, you know, because we have, we do get conditioned mm-hmm. by all the input and stimulus around us. And I don't know that we have a consciousness of how much that's actively happening, mm-hmm. you know, as far as the, the stimulation around it's us. It's all so fun, isn't it? Right. It's <laughs> you don't realize what's going on. Right. Um, I, okay. So I dive in a little bit to my past. Okay. So that can kind of give you a, a understanding. And maybe this can help people because I feel like maybe it takes a life altering thing or just something, a big push for them to be able to start seeing it in that type of uh, light or in that way. But for me personally, um, so I'm going to get a little personal. Okay. If you're um, willing to do that, please. For me, <clears throat> when I was younger, I probably maybe was like three, four years old, give or take. I witnessed my biological dad try to kill my mom. Mm. And I was in the vehicle along with my two older brothers and a cousin. We were in a U-Haul truck. Mm-hmm. And he was in his car behind us, driving on the road behind us, shooting at the U-Haul truck. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's bullets flying through the truck. Bullets hitting the glass. Um, my mom's driving the truck. It's a bench type of seat. I'm next to my mom, and then it's my middle brother, and then my oldest brother, and then my cousin is at the door. Um, my mom then says to my brothers to put me down in the passenger side by where your feet goes. Mm-hmm. I was small enough to be down there. Not shortly after, there are bullets that comes through and hits on her left shoulder. Mm. where I was Mm -hmm. now my head is just right over the seat that could have been me Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for her telling them to put me down there who knows we probably wouldn't be having this conversation but just experiencing that I don't know I I, I just feel like life is too short and you never know what can happen being at a young age and experiencing that and knowing that hey you're here but this is not a forever thing mm-hmm. as a child you don't know that you're kind of ignorant to that because you're a child you grow up it's all the fun things your your parents and everyone they're protecting you as you're growing but then of course you get to an age where you do realize it but for me it happened really quickly and it happened early mm-hmm. so it's like okay this isn't a forever thing so I don't have time to wait here even to when I was born I died when I was born my mom said I came out of her I cried once all my organs shut down the doctors pronounced me dead they then transferred me to NICU 
and I was there overnight. I didn't come back to the life till the next day. So just having those experiences over and over, it's like, this isn't a forever thing. You have to just keep pushing. So all of the the ups and downs, the downs that I go through or, you know, stumbles that I may have on my journey, they're minuscule to me because of what I've already been, you know, privy to or exposed to. So that's what makes it a little easier for me to be able to just keep pushing forward and go through. I don't know what it takes for others, but for me, that's my testimony. That's my story to, you know, why I'm able to just have so much love and compassion because so much has happened to me. So it's like, I don't want anyone else to go through what I have had to go through and endure or feel what I had to feel. Um, Even to a lot of those times with just going through that situation with my mom and my dad, there weren't times where I can express these feelings or thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, So that led to me doing creative things and expressing myself in that way. But now as I'm older, navigating those emotions and learning those things, I'm able to feel with people, have conversations with people, make people feel comfortable so they can open up and, you know, say things that they may not want to say or have never said to anyone else before. Yeah. Because I don't come from a place of judgment because I've been through so much to where it's, I don't have the time or the room to judge someone because I'm on a different and bigger mission and I know that we're not here forever. And I have to do what I can while I'm here because God did something for me Mm -hmm. and I have to forever be thankful and grateful for that so the way I look at repaying him is the way you will repay your parents there's no tangible thing really I feel like you can do to repay him Mm -hmm. you just repay him and showing them that you understand you appreciate them and do the things that they instill in so with God the the message or the purpose that you instilled in me I'm just going to live that out that's the most I can do for you to thank you mm-hmm. and that's what I'm continuing to do here today so yeah wow I mean this is very powerful you know <clears throat> and I'm just sitting here thinking how different your response could be mm-hmm. emotionally. Right. You could be bitter and angry. Oh, I, and... I've, I've had all of that. Okay. <laughs> yes, I've okay. had all of that. I, I can speak to that too. I okay. Can speak, I can definitely speak to that. And I, I think I should because I don't want people to feel like this is just an overnight thing. It's not, it doesn't just happen and then you're good. Right. Like, no, I've had my fair shares of my ups and downs um going through that not being able to express myself or talk to people about it um that kind of just created a certain character in me um my older brothers they were a bit older so trying to hang out with them or talk to them or get connected with them was difficult because of that age gap and there with their friends and hanging out with their friends so oftentimes I dealt with a lot of rejection Mm. so just having all that rejection created a person to be selfish it's like okay I see the world won't do for me so I'm gonna do for myself Mm. so I have to figure these things out for myself so it's trial and error figuring out things growing and learning and Basically, taking the, the, the longer way around, not knowing that there's other ways around, but this is the only route that I see mm-hmm. because I went other ways and it seemed to be a dead end. So in my mind, it's like, okay, obviously this may be the wrong way, so let's just go this way. The longer route, but it created character. It created a person that is more compassionate and more loving and understanding because I had to you know, take the long route. Um, there's been depression days. There's been, you know, happy days and, you know, dark days. I've even went into um, a period. Um, it only lasted a month, too. 
because that showed me too how strong my spirit is mm. but i started using pills mm-hmm. this was around maybe high school um era it was like no one to talk to no father figure in my life so where's that escape mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i do i write i do poetry i play instruments make music draw whatever but those only work for so so much and then you know it just keeps weighing on you weighing on you and with my family my mom how I talked about her being strong earlier with that strength it comes a you know a con to it as well mm-hmm. that strength then makes you lack compassion so what I mean by that is my mom she grew up without her mom mm. her mom well sorry she grew up with her mom but her mom grew up without her mom mm-hmm. so maybe about third grade if I remember correctly around that age that you would be in the third grade she lost her mom so she grew up without that parental guidance or love and then when she had children, which is like my mom and my aunts, they grew up without knowing that because she didn't know it herself to be able to teach that to them. So it, it becomes that that curse, that family curse. So now my mom doesn't know how to show affection. There's no hugging that feels uncomfortable to her. Um, even being on the phone and talking to her, we'll talk, we'll say bye, we'll get off the phone, but there's no, I love you. Yeah. Now, is there, there's no hatred on our turmoil, like there's love there, but the the lack of communication or expression of that, right. it's not there. Yes. Um, as I got older, I understood it, but at a young age and growing up, it's like, what's going on? So you seek those things and goes back to me now talking about the pills and you seek for that escape or something I did that for a month but then it was this isn't right with my spirit I quit cold turkey mm-hmm. it wasn't a difficult process I, I I don't have one of those stories where it's like oh I battled with addiction da-da. it was a moment I had a weak moment and I realized what this was doing and what it wasn't doing and I got over it and then I would just talk to a lot of older gentlemen Mm-hmm. that has seen life and been through life to kind of get different perspectives and was able to I guess kind of navigate the way I needed to and I am where I am today I'm still a work in progress but I've, I've come a long ways we're all so, a work in yeah. progress <laughs> and what you have just shared I don't even know if you realize how powerful it is and I'm sure that it will be very instrumental in helping listeners, certain listeners who are hungry for some sort of answer or some way to connect. And or even if they want to have conversations, we can have conversations. Like if someone you know hears this and feel like they need someone to talk to, they can always reach out to me and you know have a conversation with me. It doesn't have to be you know publicly you can be behind closed door however makes them feel comfortable just to have that dialogue and be able to you know because the person that's going through something that may need help they may be the person that can change the world for for the better but that's you right. never know so that's right i'm always here to talk to you yeah. well and we will certainly uh, let our listeners know at the end of our conversation how they can reach out to you okay. should they be interested in doing that um i like how you shared about the just the generational patterns you called it a generational curse Mm -hmm. but you know patterns can continue to occur if out of survival somebody you know didn't learn uh affection and expression of affection and like you said it feels uncomfortable to them even you know it's so easy for the next generation to take that really personally feel rejected abandoned uncared for unloved and just take that all so personally that's kind of a natural human response that's exactly what I want to yeah 
but you at such a young age you have turned that around you caught it taking the long road i think that you you've clearly seen a different I, you, you said it yourself this this was a dead end this was a dead end mm-hmm. and you found a way to to understand that experience without it being a dead end mm-hmm. you know without it preventing you from being the instrument of change in this world that you're supposed to be mm-hmm. just kind of coming back to what you've said um that was like I said, it's more of a spiritual thing when it comes to that. I just always felt something pushing me, like, this isn't it, don't give up. I can't really say anything, like, I guess, quotable or cheesy to be like, oh, it's this, that. It was really just a innate feeling that I always kept feeling, like, this isn't it for you. You're here for something bigger. Your purpose is bigger. I don't know whether it was the compassion I had or or what, but I've just always felt like I was here for something bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still trying to figure it out to this day. I feel like it's what I'm doing now or what I've been talking about as far as just, you know, bringing people together and humans. Um, but I don't know if that's it. And I'm not, oh, I'm not closed off to that being it. But if that is it, then I'm perfectly fine with that. And if it's not, then it's a great big start. <laughs> it's a great first step. Um, I just feel like those things come to you when they're supposed to. And I try not to force it or go seeking for it. I just live my life through my purpose and wherever it takes me I just kind of let it take me I guess you can say I let it lead me blindly but I'm perfectly okay with that because Mm -hmm. as I said earlier I had a rough start Mm -hmm. and I've been so many places so leading me blindly my purpose is the least scariest thing to me so So I think what I'm hearing you say is you're very, very comfortable listening to that intuitive spiritual aspect of yourself and you don't look at everything from a perfectly logical position. You allow yourself to to flow with that innate guidance that is there and um, that's a, a beautiful... That's the duality, though. Yes. Because I'm a Virgo. Okay. <laughs> Not saying that that really has much to do with it, but I do know that I'm a very analytical person, and I'm always in my head a lot. So oftentimes I need to talk and express myself because I have to make room for whatever else thoughts may be in there. And um, that battles with my innate spirit sometimes. And the feelings that I feel. Absolutely, it does. It's like the logical <laughs> side is like, is this logically the right thing to do? But my spirit is saying this, and it feels this way. It's never stared me wrong. So there is that duality. I don't want to make it seem like, you know, I have it all figured out or I'm perfect. I do have that, you know, internal duality conflict between those two. But for the most part, I am a being that is in tune with that spiritual innate side and I do listen to it, I can hear the voice clearly. I do feel the energy. Um, but do I always use the best discernment? No, but... Well, welcome we'll to being it. human, <laughs> yeah, right? right? <laughs> We're gonna figure it out. Yeah. Well, Evan, you have what you have shared with us today is just absolutely beautiful and um, I think this is a good place to wrap up and uh, I suspect we'll be having more conversations (laughs) of course of course and um, for our listeners if you are someone that feels like you really could connect with what Evan Eddie has shared here today and you would like to be able to reach out to him 
I would just direct you to use the Melt the Ice website and use the Melt the Ice email and email me that you would like to be able to get in contact with him and then I will help make that happen. So thank you again, Evan. Is there anything else that you would like to say in closing? Um, just inspire the inspired. So the people that are already inspired, just continue to inspire them and we will continue to, you know, change the world. Follow the code. This It's an acronym that I like to use. Uh, C-O-D-E. Coexist or don't exist. Okay. (laughs) Coexist with one another and, you know, just keep on being human, being a good human and elevating human growth and expansion. That's what we're here for. Love each other. Um, and just continue to do those things, of course. Join in our heritage together, righteously in God's will. All right. Remember that, and you'll be fine. All right. Yep. Thank you, Evan. Of course. <laughs>